Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. Hope you're having a great day today. Uh, we do have our, what is this, fourth positional rankings episode coming at y'all this week, a few days late. Um, had to push back just the whole schedule this week, um, do some classwork and tests and stuff. But uh, but we are back with the rankings within the same week, just a few days late. Um, put a little more work on this interior offensive line class, the class that we'll be covering today. Really looking forward to getting into this one with y'all. I know I looked at eight, uh, Brady looked at nine, and we looked at a couple different guys, but for the most part, it was a lot of the same guys. I feel like guys that are going to be in each of our top fives we both looked at, so it's always good. Um, but with Brady looking at an extra guy, I'll let him kick it off here and kind of uh, we'll just go through pretty quick the guys that didn't make our top five, but we still looked at. Yeah, um, so... I got, I believe I got both the Michigan guys and you didn't start with them. Um, again, I didn't watch these are like, these are a couple of the last guys I watched. Um, I also watched the Penn state center. Hold on. I'm going to have to look at the phonetic spelling of his name before I say it. Cause I, his last name, uh, let's see one second. It is hold on. If I can find it, give me a second. I don't want to mess this up. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you, Penn State football, for not providing me with the list. Now I have to scroll. Um, so I'll start, I'll start with Michigan guys real quick. Um, Zach Zinner uh, is their go, one of their left, like their left guard, right guard. Gosh, I'm trying to, was, I watched them a while back and I just didn't finish them. Um, before the week started, <laughs> um, I was the main reason we had to push back, by the way. I had a bunch of stuff going on this week. Um, Hunter Norzad, um, Norzad, I think, is the Penn State center. But uh, watch Zinter, who is one of their, I believe he was a left guard, right guard, one of the two. Um, <clears throat> I think he got snaps at both throughout his career. Um, obviously, he was a kind of a heart and soul type guy for that team, that offensive line. And then also got... Um, Zach, or sorry, um, Drake Nugent, who was their center this year, a uh, little undersized guy. I believe he's going to have the same measurable sport of that. That was pretty close to what Tyler Linderbaum had. Obviously not the player Linderbaum was, but um, good PFF grades. I, you guys know my stance that PFF grades may not be the you know the end all be all, but I think they're a good grade is a good it's typically a good indicator of play. Um, Nugent, I think, will test pretty well. I think he's a solid athlete, a guy who could rise up the board. Same with Zinner at 6'6", 322. He could have a really good combine again. Um, he won't because, well, he may be able to mm, – I don't know what he's going to be able to do with that injury. I don't think he can do he, – he might be able to I don't know press. if he'll be cleared for some things. He, he might do a couple things. But. He probably can't do anything, not thinking about it, because he broke it late in the year. It was against Ohio State. So he probably right. can't do anything. Um, but – Nonetheless, still a really good player. Um, probably a little better than, than Nugent. Just kind of depends on what you need. Um, again, both. Again, I think even if you go back and watch or listen to our episode last year from um, from last year's draft, when we talked about the Michigan center who came out last year. Um, listen, he's ultimately like all, all the Michigan guys, and it's a reflective a reflection of coaching. Or they're they're pretty sound players. They're physical. They're look they're looking to they're looking to finish blocks. They're smart. And that's the big thing. All these guys, especially the Michigan guys, they're all they're very smart. <clears throat> Pardon me. That's I think what I would say about both those guys. They're very smart players. They're technically sound, um, and they play the position well. 
Um, and then same thing with 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 uh, Norsad real quick. He is gonna test like a freak. Um, he's a six three three fifteen. It was his measurables. Redshirt seniors, a little bit older, a little bit of an older guy. But if you didn't think about Penn State NFL prospects, they crank out crazy athletes, and he looks like it on tape. So um, certainly gonna be looking for him. Have a really good combine. I'll say this now before you start. These are going to be the most fluid rankings because of any position, the entire draft, this is the one that I care the most about testing for. If you can be an elite mover and an elite athlete at the position, NFL coaches can get you right. You can only, co- you can only coach techniques so much. You've got to be – listen, the best athletes in the world are rushing the passer. Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, Dexter Lawrence. You look to the edges with Wayne Anderson – the Watt, both the Watt brothers, the Bosa brothers, uh, Miles Garrett, Michael Parsons, all these guys who are the best of the best athletes in the entire world are rushing against you. And if you can, if you can at least be a good athlete, you've got, you've got a ceiling. Um, and I believe it's the short, I believe it's the three cone. We thought Brett, I talked about it today at the gym. I think it's the three, the three cone. I don't know the exact number. I would need to actually go find it and look, I have it bookmarked somewhere, but there's a, basically a number that if you run X time, you are going to be a pro bowler. Right. Or they, like they've all been pro bowlers or starters or whatever. Right. And they've been picked from round one through round. So like Jason Kelsey, I believe has the record. I want to say it's three cone and he's going to be a first, he's arguably the best, of, the best ever undersized, but he's quick. He's, he's, he's so athletic. And that's why the testing matters so much. That's why the RAS matters so much, especially the testing numbers. The size, like, I can't change the fact that, that, that you can't change the fact that Jason Kelsey is six foot two. He's undersized. That's okay. Not everyone's going to be, you know, 6'3", 330 that Jackson Powers is. Jackson Powers is not, not everyone's like that. That's okay. So, um, again, Norris has a guy who's gonna, who could jump into my top five, given testing and a full, full tape eval. Um, I'll let you get to your guys who are outside your top five. Um, that's probably the longest I'll spend on anybody. So I'll let you go. Yeah. So the one guy I got to that you didn't was Boston College's Christian Mahogany. He was an honorable mention for me. I uh, didn't make the top five. I thought he was good, but for how old he is, I just thought he'd be a little more developed from Elmwood Park, New Jersey. Uh, six foot three, 322. Really good size there. At probably the right guard is where he started all 12 games this past season. Although in his time at Boston College, he does have 11 starts at left guard and a total of 23 starts at right guard. Um, Over the summer in 2022, he tore his ACL in a home workout and missed the entire season. Um, So coming back this year, played really well off of a year off is big. Um, He's pretty powerful and violent, kind of what you would want from a guard at the next level with strong hands. And he's pretty solid when pulling as well. you know, they ran more gap scheme at Boston College, and that benefited him a lot. I think if he was in his own first offense that, you know, really didn't run as much polars. It was a lot of just, you know, working the backers, moving one direction or the other. I don't know if he would have been able to showcase his talents as much. Um, but in terms of weaknesses in pass pro, mainly uh, inconsistent footwork in terms of spacing, um, needs more patience as well. He, I think he gets set on getting to a spot and gives the rusher tons of opportunities to counter rush, stuff like that. Um, just needs more patience and spatial awareness is the main thing, but 
ceiling in terms of when he's going to be drafted is probably mid fifties. So late round two, early round three, probably, um, probably more so round three, but I do really like him. Um, and yeah, I just wasn't good enough to be in the top five for me. Yeah. Uh, again, then he gets mahogany, a guy who I've heard good things about, obviously he's high on boards. It's just, I didn't get to it. He's given a lot of work, a lot of homework, um, a couple of, you know, big projects in his hands this week. So I just didn't get to it, but, um, alas, they decided to put every homework assignment this week and every exam this week. So we got real, real hammered on by a professor this week, which seems on brand. Um, nonetheless, again, it's a guy that I didn't get to, not a problem. Um, but again, a guy that I want to get to a guy, this is a class I'm going to probably watch 20 guys because I've got the group of nine. I have, I kind of have a preset basis of there's going to be a couple guys that I didn't get to. And then I'm going to want to expand on the center class, just given the fact that charging to the center. And that's something that that's kind of how I think Brett and I both do like, hey, Brett may not watch a lot of the centers this year because the Ravens don't need a center. He may not watch like I don't I never watch the quarterbacks outside of the top few guys. Like, I just don't care to watch them. No, like, well, I'm not like we're not drafting any court. We're drafting a backup. If if the backup is in, that's a problem. Like That, that doesn't really matter to me. Right. So, um. <clears throat> Again, I I'm gonna do more on this class. Molly needs a guy, a guy I want to get to. Another guy I got to that did not make my top five. Um, I'll go with Georgia's Cedric Van Pran, uh, center, six four three ten. Again, should this is a guy who, who could easily jump up my board and into my top five uh, with really good testing. I think he could test well. The tape is really solid. He's probably the next one. He's probably the sixth man in this group. Um, <clears throat> him or another guy. Then I guess it's hard to hard to rank these guys out of the top five. But this guy, again, it's it's solid tape. It's not dominant tape, but it's really solid. Um, good. He should be a test like a good athlete, a decent athlete at least. And um, yeah, so I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna spend too much time on him. I'll let you I'll let you give your thoughts on him as well. Yeah, he also missed the cut for me. Um, what do I got? Uh, from New Orleans, 6'4", 3'10", 22.5. Started 13 games at center this past season. Second team AP All-American, 43 total starts at center. High school, he participated in shot put, discus, javelin. Um, so, I mean, a lot of these O-linemen, especially guards with track and field background from high school, um, good to see just – from a development of strength mostly because um, normally those field programs have pretty good strength programs in them as well. Um, in terms of strength, I thought he was good in run blocking and the Georgia zone-based run scheme with some pin pull and inside zones mainly, um, natural leverage that he had even at 6'4". Built like an old school alignment, um, you know, thick at the lower half and then not, not as big as you would think. Um, you know, on the shoulders and stuff, but he was pretty quick for, you know, being a bottom heavy guard. Um, the burst was pretty solid, quick hands that worked inside. Um, you know, his hand accuracy was pretty, pretty solid. Um, he wasn't that quick laterally though, and he didn't really anchor as well as you would like. Wasn't great versus the bull rush and on pass sets his hands, um, the quality of hand placement kind of fell off, but probably third, fourth rounder. Um, yeah, we'll just see what happens from there. But, yeah, wasn't good enough to be my top five. And I think a little bit of a tier between him and the next few guys. 
but my next so i have six left i've talked about two being mahogany and van pran um my next guys this was very tough for me obviously i still have one guy that is out um like i said this going back and forth on this is just really tough to make a decision on it and I think that see I'm still hmm. thinking about where I ranked these guys. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard because like, you're doing some projecting. Like for example, like there's two guys in this screen that's in my top five that are tackles right now, and they're gonna be guards at the next level. One of them might be a center. Or like he. Right. It's hard to watch four year old. It's hard to find four year old tape anyways, and then look at it and give it a, and give it a grade. I, I think Van Pran's a better guard. I'll be honest. I think he'd be a better guard. This isn't be test if he tests well. He's tall enough. He's a little thin, but I think he's got the frame to be a guard. That makes sense. I don't know what his arm length is going to be. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm not a huge, like, got to have these thresholds guy. <clears throat> but, like, it's hard to do. So it's, it's hard to get these guys to translate. Um, let's see. I'll let you finish your who's out, who's your outside. We'll recap, and then we'll go top five. Some of that. Yeah, so just to – group these guys i'll just I'm making, list you, I'm the making three. you be decisive i'm making you be I'll decisive list the three the that i have at four five and six but i'm not going to tell you who's where in every spot that's fine that's fine the three that i have there are christian haynes cooper bb and zach frazier all three of those guys had some similarities but also very different players um yeah and this is also you know taking into account a little bit of recency bias on Christian Haynes' part um, because of the senior bowl. But I will say I did really like Haynes um, going into it. And then BB is just a proven vet in a power five conference. Um, all these guys are pretty old. I could not find Christian Haynes age, but, uh, but he's been in college since 2018. So I, he's going to be at least 23. Um, so my first guy out as of now is Zach Frazier from West Virginia. I wow. like I was really confused on these guys so I looked at some people's rankings of where they have guys. PFF has them at 41, Daniel Jeremiah has them at 37. You know so, who, you know who's you know who's got like got a got like a top 35 grade on him? Is Connor Rogers. Connor Connor okay. loves Zach, which which I get. I I get it 100%. I'm I'm a big Zach Frazier fan too, so. But I will say the way they grouped their tackles in IOL, I put some tackles in my IOL class that they didn't. Fair enough. That's true. So if I didn't have two guys in my class that people widely regard as tackles, then he would be in my top three or top four. But right, 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 right. because of who I have as a guard, he kind of missed the cut. But Zach Frazier um, grew up in West Virginia, 6'3", 314, 32 and 3'8 inch arms. He'll be 23 before training camp, or no, before week one. Four-year starter uh, in the run-heavy West Virginia scheme. 47 starts, 38 of those were at center and nine at left guard. Just overall, like, squatty, pretty compact. Uh, low center of gravity helps with leverage. A wrestling background. Great in zone and gap schemes. And quick recognition of the D-lineman stunts and movements and he's just pretty powerful in terms of weaknesses 
hands weren't always in the best spot. Slower off the ball, um, surprisingly, being a center, just seemed like his snapping hand wasn't as quick as it should have been. And he wasn't very agile, um, you know, laterally quick, down the field on screens, just could have been a little quicker. Probably a round two guy. Um, I do really like him, and I get why people like him. Obviously, my rankings will probably change more so than other positions, but I just like some other guys more and how they project to the next level. Yeah, so I've got um, – that's a similar grouping for me. I've got um, – I've got Haynes at six. Um, so I've got the same group of guys. I've got Haynes at six. And I, I'll say this. I really like the fact that he participated at the senior. Man. He looked great at the senior. Man. He, had all, he had an awesome senior bowl. Um, I was, I'm not going to knock, again, I'm never going to knock a guy for not participating. Because I get it. I don't, you don't want to get hurt, but I get it. A little disappointed Cooper B. Cooper BB didn't play in practice. Um, played in the bowl game. So I thought he'd play in the senior bowl. He didn't. Um, he was among a handful of guys. Byron Murphy was supposed to be there, didn't play, didn't practice. Um, disappointed in that one, too. Again, I'm not going to knock his grade for it. Um, the thing with Cooper is I think he's a little bit better of an athlete than Christian. And that is that is the different. So, again, if these guys test differently, and I will say, like, I've noticed this before, but it's not just that, like, oh, your numbers were good. Like, I, I sometimes care less about the – okay, for some things I do care about the number. Other parts of it, it's like, hey, I want to say that you showed up and and busted your butt in in draft preparation. You're taking it seriously, and you're trying to get better. That's indicative of how you're going to perform as a professional, right? Like, just because you're going to go to the draft and get drafted, like, okay, great, you've made it, but, like, you've still got to work and put the work in. And that's – I think it's an indicator of work ethic and drive and motivation and being self-motivated, Right. That's part of the combine process for me as someone who's not interviewing people. He doesn't work for a team. I'm not doing interviews, blah, 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 blah. I don't get to meet these guys one-on-one. This is the only way for us to – one of the only ways for us to extrapolate and get some sort of a value on how these guys are, are as, as workers. What's their work ethic? That kind of right. thing. So that's why the testing matters a lot for me. And this is an example of, like, I like to see both these guys go and do that. But also – if if BB is the better athlete, he'll stick ahead of Haynes. If Haynes is a better athlete, I may move him around because it's such a it that it matters to me so much in this position, the projection of the NFL, right? So, right. Um, yeah, Haynes at six, uh, BB's at five for me. So, um, I'll give a quick uh, kind of over overview on him. Um, like I said, six four three thirty five is what he's listed at um, on PFF, and they pull from team data. So. Um, bigger guy, uh, definitely definitely plays bigger and more physical. Um, he's a solid mover. Four-year player. I really thought he was going to come out last year. He didn't. Um, was kind of surprised. He got first-round hype again this year, and he won't be going the first round and all that stuff. But, again, surprised he didn't come out. Um, played at left tackle as a sophomore in 2021. Played at right tackle to start the year, I believe, this year. Um I don't want to be mistaken in my saying that, but I do believe his 100 and some snaps were early in the year, and they moved him back to guard because I don't think it was going to work particularly well. Um, <clears throat> yeah, first two games of the year. And then that it went poorly, and they may have had an injury too, but he started the first two games at right tackle, moved him back to left guard uh, when they started playing 
P5 teams. Um, again, quality season from him again. And um, an overall, a, you very clearly, very clearly tell a veteran player is, is the big one I'll say. Um, but he has decent hand usage, um, plays smart, identifies uh, get pass game or, I guess, defensive line games really well. Um, like he passed stuff off. It looked like he communicated well with the center and, and his tackle as well. So, again, a lot of things you want to check, kind of check the box for a veteran player that he does. So uh, he's at five for me. I, I don't know where he's going to be at for you. Um, four or five, obviously, but I'll let you, I'll let you give your, your thoughts on him. Yeah. So, um, you covered Haynes and BB. Haynes is at five for me. Um, from Bowie, Maryland, six three three eighteen with 34 inch arms at the senior bowl. 12 starts at right guard, AP third team, all American this past season, 49 straight starts at right guard. Uh, explosive, plays to the whistle, great timing and processing. Great at getting to the second level and locking on. Assertive and physical, another old school type guard. Um, he wasn't very quick or agile, more reactive than proactive. Not great against smaller and faster D tackles and not the best at recovering. And then Cooper Beebe was my four. From Kansas City, Kansas. 6'4", 3'35", going to turn 23 in May. 13 starts at left guard this past season. He was Big 12 O-lineman of the year in 2022 and 23. APL American first team, uh, 48 career starts, 13 at left tackle, 28 at left guard, 7 at right tackle. Training with Duke Mannyweather in Frisco, um, one of the most – He's know, the, he's the, the best. best. He's the right. best. Yeah, he's the best. Oh, absolutely. Offensive line minds uh, in the country. Played D tackle, O line, basketball, and shot put in high school. So, um, I mean, I'm assuming he was best at O line and kind of honed in on that. But doing that much stuff in high school is always a good thing. Um, being a multifaceted athlete should be able to help him. Uh, he was pretty solid build, being 6'4, 335. More experience at other positions than most in the class. So, a little more position versatile, I think even though I would assume teams are only going to play him at guard. Pretty powerful and strong and overall quick and good timing uh, with heavy hands. Great versus multiple rushes. And had had a pretty quick processor and good vision overall. Um, Didn't really ever get tunnel vision. Um, Basically kept the bigger picture in, in play the entire play because there were a lot of times where someone would come around and a lot of the times you'd see someone locked in on a block and you would never catch him. And he was able to divert and, you know, pick up the free guy, but a little bit shorter arms and he didn't recover great um, when you would initially get beat off the ball and can get top heavy at times. Those are the main things for me, for Cooper, who I have at number four, probably a late round two. I think someone's going to fall in love with him, with his experience, his versatility and uh, the accolades too. That's a big right. one. Some NFL teams love that and I get it. 100%. So, yeah, so I, I really like Cooper. Uh, could slip into round three, but maybe back half around two. Um, but yeah, four is Cooper and five is Christian Haynes. Yeah, so I, I think I think all this group of this grouping of guys, um, I, I do think all these guys are, are third to second rounders. I think, uh, I think BB and uh, Zach Frazier definitely are going to be second rounders. Zach. He's my he's at four for me. Um, part of it's again, I think just 
the scarcity at center, like it's it's pretty much right. you got Powers Johnson, Frazier, and then it's like all right, like you have Van Pran, but you may not love the tape sometimes. You have you kind of get into the big, like a bunch of the Big Ten guys. Um, so again, if you're looking for on tape really really good productivity at center recently, it's JPJ and Frazier, and then you're kind of probably waiting another round to take a guy. Um, yeah. So I think they're both second rounders. Um, I think Haynes is kind of on the bubble. Um, but I'll go quickly on Zach. Um, I remember texting Brett. I was watching Kalijah Kansi's game against West Virginia last year. And I remember texting Brett and I said, 54 West Virginia stud. And then I said, Zach Frazier, like true sophomore, like name to watch next year. And sure enough, come back another year and, and Zach Frazier is awesome. I, I'm a big fan of his game. Um, a little undersized. I won't say undersized. I mean, six foot three, three ten. It's not small. <clears throat> um, so I won't call him like super undersized, I guess. Um, the, the biggest knock I gave Zach was that he's not, he doesn't pop as an, and as an explosive athlete on film, he's strong. He's incredibly smart. I think he's got really good feet. I think he's got good hands. I think he does a nice job getting into defenders and closing the gap between him and a defender, which I think is something you don't always – you see guys kind of get extension. With the guys with these long arms get extension, then it's like, well, you got a lot of room to move now. Even if the defender can throw you, I think Zach gets into guys really well. Um, I think he handles athletic defense tackles well. He himself doesn't really pop as a great athlete, um, but he's smart. Uh, he recognizes stunts really well. Um, can't say the same for some of his teammates against Texas specifically. Not great stunt recognition, but from Zach, definitely um, very much the one of the lone bright spots on that West Virginia team. Um, obviously, a good year this year. He was easily the best offensive lineman on the team. Um, that's why he's going to be a right. top 50 pick. Um, I'm a big fan, big fan of his game. Um, it's, it was hard to leave him outside of the top three. But given the fact that we have, I have two guys at tackle who are my top three that are going to be guards or maybe a center at the next level. And given the athletes, again, it's, it's also like those guys are really good athletes too. Um, and it shows on tape and they had really good production at left tackle. And typically these guys move inside a little bit better at guard um, at the next level. So uh, as much as I do like Zach and, and again, th- these could change. Someone goes in as a bad combine. Someone does this, someone does that. It's easy to move around. These are very, very fluid, especially this position. So, um, yeah, Zach's at four for me. Um, been, I've been watching. I've been waiting on on this on this on this guy to have get the hype, and I'm loving these. I'm lo- I love that he's getting a lot of respect besides a top 50 player. Um, will definitely be a top 50 guy on my big board. And um, what he's I would I would be happy if the Chargers took him at 37. Is how I feel about him. I think he's that good of a player. So uh, maybe not be the best value. Again, I'm not gonna say that's he's a top four, 30 player, but I'd be happy if they took him at 37. And then he's that good of a player. He's that he's that caliber of a player to me. Um, so big fan of Zach's and, uh, I think we have the same grouping of three guys. I'm curious. I think I know, I think we'll have the same order of these three. Um, you want me to start or you want to start? Or you want to start at three? You can go ahead. Cause I already got Frazier. Okay. So my guy at number three is Duke's Graham Barton, um, senior four year player believes i don't know if i gotta i gotta figure out if he, I, I believe he started um i'm gonna pull up his pff numbers real quick because this will tell me 
a good uh, a good idea of it. But Graham Barton played tackle for three years, six foot five, three fifteen. Looks lighter than that on tape. I'll say that. Um, battled with an injury this year. I think he missed a week or two this season. Um, we go back to his freshman year. So he's a three-year starter at left tackle. His freshman year in 2020 was a starter at center in the back half of the year. Um, and they believe there was an injury mid midseason. Um, he came in, started from weeks seven, nine, 10, 13, 14, 15. Um, couple, couple solid games in here, couple meh games in here. Um, if I look at the actual numbers, it is. So I, I bring this up because I, because he's being projected as a center. Uh, Jim Nagy, who's the director of scouting at the senior bowl, super well-respected throughout the industry, um, brought him in to play guard and tackle because he thinks, or sorry, guard and center, because he thinks he's going to be a center at the next level. Um, especially given the fact that he played as a center as a freshman, um, obviously moves out to left tackle guy who I think is going to test like a really good athlete. He looks like a good athlete on tape. Um, I, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a guard either. I think he's a center. Um, Given the the like the way he carries his 315, I think he'll be a little lighter at the combine. If he's not, he may not run. Like we're gonna get one of these like he's he's gonna not weigh and he's I don't know he might weigh, but I do think um, he carries a little bit light. I don't know if he's got the just like the the strength. I don't know. I don't. He's not. It's not I'm not saying he's weak. Though. He's not weak. I don't know if I want to set the strength profile. I just think he profiles better as like a bigger center. Um, especially in an offense that's going to really get it, let him get out and run. Um, so you think gap schemes is, is a big one. Um, obviously not that you got to have a big center in a gap scheme, but that you prefer to have a bigger center in a gap scheme. Um, but I think, I think he's a really solid player. Again, it's, it's a projection. The testing will do some, do some good for me, but I think he'd be a really solid guard or a, a really good center at the next level. Um, that's why I got him at three. And uh, again, veteran player, he plays smart. I think he anchors really well. I don't know if he handles speed the best on the edge, but he anchors like a guard in the center. Like the way he he'll sit back and a guy will try and pound, he'll just sit on him. He'll sit, he'll butt, he'll extend the elbows, get the elbows in, extend, and then he'll he'll lock a guy out and pop his feet right, he'll pop the base and just sit there, and he'll and he won't get bull rushed that often. So I think it's also part of why he profiles well as a guard. You see a lot more of that on the inside um, as a center as well. I think. Again, I can't find any Duke 2020, 2020, 2020, all 22 stuff. If I get to it, I'll let you guys know on the pod for sure. Um, but a really solid player. Um, position versatility is a big one for, for the NFL as well. So, um, yeah, so I got a three. So who you got? You got a three. Or, or I guess where's Graham for you? Graham is at three for me. Okay. Uh, we got the same order. I do really like him uh, from Brentwood, Tennessee. I believe he's 6'5", 314, so I think that's kind of yeah. what led to them shifting him to tackle. Turns and he, 22 like he he in May. Carries it light as well, like I was saying. Right. Carries it light. Yeah, you wouldn't look at him and think he's a tackle in comparison to the other O-line, the rest of the O-line room. But uh, like you said, five starts at center in 2020. Since then, over the past three seasons, he has 34 starts at left tackle, nine in 2023. Interesting, like you said, interesting build. Um, but I noticed he had good contact balance, lateral quickness, good at redirecting, hand strength, anchor, run blocking, fairly solid. Um, weaknesses were just for the sake of draftability and projection, likely going to be a center only. 
inconsistent hand timing and placement. And I think some of his deficiencies that have been noted and that are seen on tape are mitigated when he is at center. Um, so overall, much cleaner prospect as a center in comparison to a tackle. Even then, people really like him as a tackle. Um, some people do. But probably around two. Um, I mean, for me, second center off the board. Frazier's my center three. So second center off the board. and. I mean, I value guards more than centers, hence why I have BB and Haynes above Frazier, um, just because I think they're going to be guards and that just guards are just a much more needed position, right? You need two guards, you need one center. So while centers is more of a niche thing in terms of a need, like you won't really often see many teams. And it's funny because this is the case of the Chargers this year, many teams that actually have a need for a center, because a lot of times you can find one within your building. Um you know, a guy that has some experience, the backup, something like that. But um, for, to be a true center, I think Graham Barton could be drafted as one, similar to what we saw with John Michael Schmitz um, later on, I think. And I think, you know, talk about it later. I think Schmitz can move to guard this year. But, uh, but yeah, I think Barton, someone will take him around 40 uh, to be their center of the future. And I think that'll be a really good pick for him. I really like him. A proven guy that's played power five ball for four years. Um He's not that old either. So really good player. Um, reason he was my IOL three. Moving on to two. Um, my number two guy is Washington's Troy Fontenau. I really, really like Fontenau. Um, I think taking him at 30 would it would be respectable. Obviously, our needs are going to change, you know, as we progress throughout free agency and get closer to the draft. But currently right now, I wouldn't mind the pick at 30. I do really like him as a guard, uh, probably a left guard. Uh, 6'4", 319, 34 and three quarters inch arms, but he's 23 and a half at the time of the draft. Um, those measurements were from the senior bowl this past week as he measured in, but did not participate. 15 starts at left tackle this past season. Every game um, was just dominant for most of the time, um, you know, regardless of who was matched up against him, regardless of the alignments. Um, if there was a rush off the edge as he played left tackle, like I said, he'd just handled everything pretty well. 28 total starts at left tackle, two at left guard, um, third team APL American this past season. Pretty athletic overall, just pretty quick, powerful. Um, I know it's just pretty great on the move. I mean, Washington, if you didn't know, is very pass happy. Um, loved to throw the ball around, especially this past year with Penix at quarterback and then their, uh, you know, really NFL caliber wide receiver room. So, a lot of moving in space for him, not a whole lot of road grading, um, as you would call it, in the run game. But I did really like him. I have really liked him. Um, but not, nothing really changed my mind. He just has strong hands. He's pretty physical while being agile and pass pro with great hand placement. Um, I noticed he would kind of play like he would wasn't quite patient enough. In pass pro, um, I yeah. think that would would have helped him a lot. Um, he would sometimes be out of position because of that. And I just think similar to Haynes, if he just calmed down a little bit, played within the, himself, and then, um, you know, assessed the play from there, you'd be much better, much more reliable. Now, this is this is a few plays. I mean, he's still a great tackle for them. But uh, I noticed sometimes his depth of his sets would be inconsistent as well. I don't know if he was trying to counter the 
athleticism level of the edge rusher or what. Um, but he also just, like I said, just impatient is the main thing. Doesn't always just wait. He tries to go for the, you know, the big hit, um, you know, the pancake. He doesn't assess what the D lineman's doing or anything like that from time to time. This is not an every down thing, but that's the main thing on what I have on Troy. I think he'd be late first, um, you know, 25 or later, all the way to 40, probably where he would fall. But I think, I, I mean, I really think between 25 and 40, we're going to see a lot of linemen go. And, uh, because that's kind of where they're all bunched up right now. But I really like him. IOL 2 for me. IOL 2 for me as well. Um, yeah. Choice Super. I know I didn't I didn't give words for everyone this week. Um, I'll probably get back on it with the corners next week. But um, the word I'd give Troy is aggressive. I mean, he's looking to get after folks. Um, and, and that's part of his game. He's strong. He's powerful. He's a solid athlete. He's not quite the athlete in pass pro at tackle that you need to be at the next level. That I mean, you know what I mean? Like that's not really something. And that's why he's gonna move to guard. He's a little short. He got really short arms, and he's just not. I don't think he gets to landmarks quick enough to handle someone like a Dallas Turner. They didn't play Alabama. If they did. I think Dallas Turner would have beat him around the edge a few times if if had Troy not been able to get into him right. That's a lot. Like you mentioned, he tries to get into guys a little bit, especially in pass pro. And it's like he gets out of position and has to recover or gets beat because he's so aggressive. And he has to do that. I get it. Like Rashawn Slater is very similar. I think Rashawn's. I mean, he's an All Pro. He's definitely better. Don't get me wrong, but like it's a it's a similar mindset of like if I can get into a guy, I'm gonna jump on him. I'm gonna jump onto him, right? So. Um, or you're gonna jump set him, or whatever you gonna beat him to a spot, whatever it might be. <clears throat> Looking to take the advantage, um, for a shorter guy with less length um, on the arms. So, um, that's it. I think Troy's a really, really good guard. I think he'd be a, a kick-ass guard for somebody. Um, I think the guy Left one guard of the Baltimore Ravens. If he makes it, I don't know if he makes it to thirty. Right. Guards are usually take there was there wasn't really like a like a dominant guard to take last year. The IOL class wasn't really that great looking back. Like it was like JMS was was everyone's center one, right? Like I'm gonna look right. at ours. Um just because I've got it pulled up here. Yeah, I guess I mean Torrance was not even a first round pick, was he? No. Uh I don't believe so. No, he's a to... There was there was not a single interior offense. I mean, I had Skaronski as an IOL, and he went right. at what ten, and he plays left guard eleven. He plays left guard eleven, yeah. But like that was kind of the consensus. Like, hey, you could be either, and he goes and plays tackle. So like, or goes and plays guard. There was like no consensus, just interior guy who got Dre got drafted in the first round. So again, I think it's that's kind of reflective of what we've got going on this year um kind of with kind of i don't know i say that because we saw a guy go at, at 11 and play a guard so i think guards are going to go earlier than people it was earlier than people think um and i think Fontenot's a guy as good as his tape is and as aggressive as he is there's going to be an offensive line coach and a gm that falls in love with his game dude yeah. falls in love with his game so um, they can go a lot earlier, a lot earlier than people think. Uh, first rounder for sure. And the guy at one, 
I think the undisputed uh, Iowa one for everybody. If he's not, the list is invalid and wrong. A half joke. That's like half in jest. Uh, Jackson Powers Johnson out of Oregon. <clears throat> oh gosh, I just had his senior bowl measurables, measurables pulled up earlier today. Um, well, he was They're, what uh, six three three thirty. Yeah, six three three thirty four, thirty two yeah. and one eighth arms. Giant human, giant center dude. I mean, he's not quite as tall as JMS was last year at six foot four. Right. But he's heavy, twenty pounds heavier, and he's got he's got he's just he's just a, a big human. Um, he dominates. Dominated. It's dominant is the word for him. He's um in every fast. I mean, he dominated this. He's probably the best offensive player at the Senior Bowl. Um, he was given the award, and I'd stand on it. He was the he didn't practice after day two. He didn't need to. He was the best offensive player on the field. <clears throat> the only guy you could say held a candle to him as the best overall player on either team was Quinion Mitchell because he dominated. So, you know what I mean? Like, JPJ was by far the best offensive player there at the event. Positional value or not, he's the best He's the best player there for on the offensive side of the ball. So, um, he showed it, dominated. He played – he got a couple of reps at guard – um, I think teams will draft him as a center. I don't think a team should. It'd be a waste of talent to draft him and put him at guard. You can you can find starting guards a lot easier than starting centers. Um, <clears throat> I think he's a guy who steps in the NFL and is going to be one of the five to ten best centers in football from day one. Very similar to what Creed Humphrey did. Um, Jack Spires Johnson can go do. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be the. I don't know what he's going to test like athletically. Um, it probably won't matter to me all that much. I think he's a good he's a he's a good athlete on tape. It would surprise me if he was a bad athlete on on the testing. Um, everything you want him to do: hand placement, footwork, aggressive. He's looking to finish blocks. Uh, all sorts of pass pro you do as a center: snap and step, getting into your set. Again, slide left, slide right. Sometimes these centers, you'll have to just snap and kind of just back up, take a whole step back. Right? That's sometimes what it is. Um, <clears throat> And I think he does all of it well. He gets out on, on the move well. Um, he'll he might be a top twenty player for me. He's that good. Um, it wouldn't shock me if he's top twenty pick either. He's he's really really good. He's very sound. Again, he's maybe not the freak athlete you you might see in, in some other guys, but he's uh, a very he's more than an adequate athlete and a guy who's going to be an immediate impact starter at the next level. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Probably a top 25 for me overall. Um, but my number one IOL, and like I said, I value guards more than centers, but for to have him a number one says a lot. Um, like you said, senior bowl, I mean, for, even from measurables, from on-field performance, everything went his way. Um, and it's not like there was a, you know, a scrub-filled D-lineman room either um, going against him. So from Draper, Utah. Um, I'm not sure recruiting wise who wanted him coming out, but I figured Oregon probably recruited him pretty hard. A true three-year guy, and he's also the youngest IOL in this class, which is big. Six three, three thirty-four, like you said. He just turned twenty-one um like a month ago, I believe. Yeah, super young. Super young. In January. Um started thirteen games at center for Oregon. The unanimous Remington, which is the best center in the country, unanimous unanimous Remington Award winner and unanimous All-American, started at D-tackle for Oregon in the 2021 Alamo Bowl. Um, 
So great athlete, a guy that I expect to test well at the combine. I'm not expecting him to have crazy numbers, but just test really well. Have a great overall RAS between oh, his probably height, over weight. eight. He he won't be a right. ten guy, but he'll be he'll be pushing eight and a half, eight, maybe nine. Right. Nine, yeah. nine would surprise me a little bit, but like an eight, an eight eight and a half would be really good. Right. Yeah. Somewhere around eight, probably. Um, he just you look at him and you expect him to be like a physical dominant. Um, you know, he's pretty broad, um, old school, another old school alignment build athletic and powerful though, uh, which you don't really see from old school guys quick with loose hips and fluid when blocking and getting to the second level. Um, you don't really see him stutter at all. You don't see him, you know, kind of change direction because of a mistake. He's always just fluid moving in one direction or the other, uh, with intention occasionally he plays a little bit too high. And I get that a little bit bigger for his height. Um, hands can get a little wide, and sometimes he oversets, but for the most part, pretty clean. Probably late round one. Um, you look at the draft order, and I think overall in terms of ceiling, you're looking at 16 with Seattle. Um, That's kind of what I was thinking. Granted, they did draft Olu Olu Watimi, the Michigan center last right. year. He could play guard, right? Like that's, right. He could just push one to put, put JPJ at center. Um, but yeah, 16 is probably, I think you're right, probably the ceiling. Yeah, 16 ceiling. And then in terms of floor, I don't really know. But, I mean, I don't think he's getting out of the first round. No, I, I think a team would move up to get him. Put it this way, knowing how aggressive a guy like Joe Ortiz has been, if he gets to 30, brother, <laughs> we're coming up. Yeah. That Because that's a relationship that like, a deal could get done a team that's both teams have now have the same, basically the same front office mindset of right. like, Hey, I'll move back. But if there's a guy I want to get him, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Wouldn't shock me to see Miami take him at 21. Right. If they don't want to bring back Connor Williams, um, also the Cowboys at 24, I don't know if they're going to bring back Bia Daz. I think he's a free agent. Um, the Packers at 25 or another one, Ryan Jensen retired at 26. Like he ain't, he ain't getting past 27. Yeah. 26, the bucks at 26 might be the floor. Might be the floor. Cause Ryan Jensen's gone. There. They don't have our succession plan. I don't know if like, yeah, I think that's probably the floor. Yeah. Probably fair. I mean, I could, this wouldn't be a Raiders pick. But I could see them taking him at 13. I mean, if I didn't think they were taking a, if I didn't think they were taking a quarterback, I'd be with you. Right. But I think they're I think they're gonna take JJ. We'll see how that goes. Obviously, another conversation. Uh, yeah, that's a whole we're getting draft leads. related, but uh, for sure. But yeah, that's pretty much all we have today for y'all on the interior offensive line episode, our fourth edition of the 2024 NFL draft positional rankings. Five episodes left. Just to recap, for Brady, IOL 1 was Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon. IOL 2, Troy Fontenau from Washington. IOL 3 is Graham Barton from Duke. IOL 4 is Zach Frazier from West Virginia. IOL 5 is Cooper Beebe from Kansas State. For me, Christian Haynes is my IOL 5 from Connecticut. Cooper Beebe, IOL 4 from Kansas State, Graham Barton from Duke at 3, Troy Fontenot from Washington at 2, and Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon at 1. Did have the same top three. I feel like that's pretty standard 
I would say just in terms of people that would classify Troy and Graham as IOL right, to have yeah. above Gra- guys Graham's like Zach because, and Cooper. Because Graham really could play tackle at the next level. Um, and the like, I'll be honest, the big thing for me that separates Graham and Zach is that Graham's got true positional flexi- flexibility at three spots. Right? right? Zach can't go play tackle for you. Graham mm-hmm. could be a swing tackle. Like, for example, like, I know, like, this year at the Chargers, like, if, if one of the tackles went down, like, Jamari Sawyer was going to move from left from right guard to a tackle. That adds value to me. A guy who can right. go step in and play at a replacement level above, as an average tackle, that means a lot to me. Um, I think Zach's probably a better center than Graham, but I can't take away the fact that Graham's got more flexibility right now. Without having some right. testing numbers, that's a big part of it. So, I think you can probably – you'll probably see Zach Frazier as Iowa, too, for a lot of people. Um Again, they may have Fontenot and Barton at guard, or it's a tackle. Uh, and they may have Barton below Frazier. And it wouldn't, it, it's not, that's not, a, they're, they're very close players to me. They're going to be stacked right, and that's, on my big board. So, yeah, that's why I kind of put Zach first guy out, even though, I mean, him and Christian are pretty interchangeable, I think. But part of that position versatility, flexibility um, is huge on the O line, more so than any other position. But um, like I said, that'll pretty much do it for us today on our fourth edition. Next week, we are going to have corners. Um, we're going to have to figure out our schedule because we do head out Thursday to Arlington for a baseball tournament to kick off the baseball season, college baseball. Um, Odd from the car. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll figure That's it out funny. one way or another. We will get the corner episode to y'all. Really looking forward to this class. Um I'll probably try to stick to eight, maybe nine guys, uh, just because it's going to be a short week, short turnaround. So probably eight. And then obviously once we're done all these rankings and we get into mock drafts, I'll be looking at a few guys every week um, to kind of fill out my rankings, get at least probably 10 at each position. And then for the positions we need for the Ravens, get a few more in. But corners next week. Um, and if you've been following along, that means the positions we have left in no order are receivers, quarterbacks, offensive tackles and edge defenders and i'm not going to say anything but if you tuned into the first few episodes you know the method to what to the order we're doing um but we do have corners next week possibly a little early um you know looking back but we're looking forward to it it's going to be a change of scenery um you know been looking at big guys for the past two weeks uh running backs inside linebackers tight ends safeties to kick it off so really really looking forward right getting into getting into space this week this cornerback class is gonna be great um forgot who we're looking at but really appreciate y'all tuning in today on a slightly delayed episode but nonetheless still coming to y'all wherever you listen to the podcast thanks for tuning in and we'll see you very soon for our normal episode see you guys then